Hi, it's David Spears from Insiders here. Do you have a question about Australian politics that I might be able to answer? Could be big or small, but either way, send it in. We'll tackle it on this Friday's episode of the Insiders Back to You podcast. Just search for Insiders Back to You on the ABC Listen app. Thanks. Hi, I'm Sam Hawley, coming to you from the lands of the Gadigal people. This is ABC News Daily. In Canada, they call it genocide. There, the widespread killings and disappearances of Indigenous women has been blamed on the state itself. But here, we don't even bother to keep data on the hundreds of Aboriginal women murdered or who go missing. Today, Indigenous Affairs Editor and Jaja Ruong and Yorta Yorta woman Bridget Brennan on her Four Corners investigation into those who've been lost. And a warning, this episode contains the name and voice of a deceased Aboriginal woman with the permission of her family. Bridget, your report for Four Corners this week, it was really hard to watch. And one of the toughest parts for you and the team was a journey that you made to one of the most remote communities in Australia to meet the family of Roberta Curry. Yeah, well, we'd, we'd kind of gone there on a wing and a prayer. It's eight hours south of Darwin or 15 hours kind of northwest of Alice Springs, close to the WA border. It's really tiny communities and outstations and this little community, Amunbidgee, is where this family was. And we called ahead trying to get in touch with anyone really to see whether or not they might want to share their story because we'd heard in a very landmark coronial case, the case of their sister, Roberta Curry. And we very much really wanted to go and hear from them about what her, what kind of a person she was and what her life had been like. Is Julianne here? Yeah, she did. Oh, good. Mm, so who did you meet first? We met her older sister, Julianne, and Julianne's very much um, the glue to the family. She said that she wanted, uh, one day I'm a, like, when I want to be a model and I want to become like millionaire, like to make money for my family. And Roberta had two older sisters and they were all very close and she was the younger sister. She was a little bit different to the rest of the family. She loved to travel. She loved to get out of the remote community and go to bigger cities and meet people. She was really social. Yeah, they they just, they really adored her. She was a really vivacious, funny, happy woman. She would have been here if she would have been still alive with us, enjoying this life, young life. Maybe she would have been here with his three sons, but now they're not... In 2017, though, her life took a real turn for the worse. Yeah, so she started dating a guy called Lorenzo Deegan. I thought it was a good, like, trying to make a good relationship together. And we didn't know that this could happen. Things turned violent really quickly in that relationship and he began to assault her. And in one case, he had assaulted her so badly. In this case, she was left on the ground. He'd kicked her and punched her until she was unconscious. Mm. In that case, he was convicted and fined, but 
literally days after he gets out of prison, he starts sending her some really threatening, menacing text messages. And he starts messaging a range of people who might know where she is. So he really begins to track her down immediately. Even though Laurent was asking me and I said to him, I don't know where, like, I didn't want to tell him. Mm, so Deegan, he's out of jail and he's back looking for Roberta. What happens next? So he does find Roberta and he kidnaps her, takes her in a car, assaults her numerous times and drives three hours south to Catherine. Mm. And ultimately she says to her older, older sister, I don't want to be with this man, he's a really violent man and I want to get away from him. But he really tracks her down all across town over a number of days. He assaults her in broad daylight at one point, again kicking her and punching her till she's on the ground. So he, he's very much, this is a small town, but he's very much tracking her down while she tries to go and stay with other friends and other relatives. Mm, and she calls police eventually. Eventually she does. Well, I said police. We're here because Roberta called for us. That's the whole thing I've been saying the whole time we're here. The first time police arrive, she tells them I've been injured. She shows them her lip and says, he, d he did this to me. And she points to her lip and they kind of say, oh, all that. Lorenzo is drinking. That's terrible. And you've done this to me. All that. So it sort of sounds like they're saying, is that, is that all? Righto. Okay. All right, where did he go? And she says, can't you guys track him? He's got an ankle bracelet on. You should know where he is. I've never heard of him before, to be honest. And she really asks them to go and look for him. So they do go for 10 minutes and go and look for him and then they're called to another job that night. Gosh, and so this is all, this exchange between police and Roberta and Roberta's friend, it's all captured on this police body cam. It is. And the second time she calls, they say we're... We, we don't think there's been another incident. Um, no new incident has occurred, so they don't come the second time, but the third time they come back. And they get quite frustrated at the friend that she's staying police with and they again. say, stop calling us. Do if you don't listen. want police to come around here, like stop calling. Us. We're going to go now. If you don't want us to come back, stop calling us. Yes, yeah, she is. Uh, and you can see in the back of the body cam that Roberta's in the house and so she hears all of this being said to her. And she doesn't ever call again, Sam. She doesn't call again. What then happened to Roberta? Deegan found her again and he takes her to his home and at one point he punched her, which broke one of her ribs and then lacerated her spleen. Mm. So she died on the ground, 28 years old, in a bedroom on her own. And... In the morning, her sisters find out what's happened. I just felt like I couldn't even breathe. And I had to tell my sister, Renee, I felt really like, I feel like my heart gonna stop. And the police officers, what, what happened to them? The police officers are still serving in the Northern Territory Police Force. They were subject to an internal police investigation which was tendered at the Northern Territory Coronial Inquest and it describes their conduct on that night that they were called out as negligent, inefficient and careless. And both of those officers said they were facing stress in their lives at the time 
they had encountered Roberta before and they had observed that she had apparently made false allegations to police before. That was what they wrote in their responses. But they did admit failings and a deep sense of regret after that incident. It's just an utterly horrifying case and it's one, it's just one, isn't it? of so many that you found out about through your investigation? It is, unfortunately. We found 315 cases just Mm. over the past two decades alone. And we know that's a massive underestimation because that was just our own open source research through media files and missing persons reports, coronial files, applying for data, going to every single state and territory. And there is no standardised way of capturing this data. There's just no database. There's no way of knowing. No, Mm. there's no real way of knowing. There's no national agency tasked with continuing to really keep this data. And it took us a couple of months to piece together those cases. And we were staggered. I mean, that's hundreds of women. It's such a huge problem by the sound of it, Bridget. So what can be done and what is being done? Well, there are some really amazing collectives of women across the country who have been shouting out into the abyss trying to get attention to this problem. And one of them is a group of mostly grandmothers in Alice Springs who live in the town camps that surround Alice Springs and are inside Alice Springs. Good morning, everyone. And a lot of these women started to get really frustrated that they were seeing so many people they knew murdered and killed by current or former partners. There's been a lot of violence and I've been trying to call police on domestics, but um, police take an hour or two to come to the place. It's also about the resources and Mm. the funding and everything that plays into it. Um, They're telling us exactly what needs to be done and the first step they're saying is Australia needs to notice and listen to us. To show the the mob in Canberra that we are strong women and we want this domestic violence to stop. They actually said to us, you know, we know this is a global problem, violence against women. I mean, in Canada, they've held years of hearings with different Aboriginal women and services to hear about why so many women have been disappeared or are now dead. And the missing and murdered phenomenon in Canada has been a huge movement towards change. Um, I don't think it's perfect there either, but in Canada, this has been called a genocide. And so we are kind of a little bit behind here in Australia in actually grappling with this problem. Mm, They call it a genocide, I assume, because what they blame the state, they blame the government, the country, Canada, for what's going on there. Well, colonisation, I think that that report very much found that this has been a pattern over hundreds of years. And I think Aboriginal women don't just want to talk about what's happening to them in the last couple of years. They do very much want to talk about, from our experience in this investigation, they want to talk about all of that history, all of that context, um, because if you don't talk about that, you're really missing a big part of the story. Sounds like we need an inquiry here like they had in Canada. Is there any movement bridge towards that? We haven't yet heard, Sam, whether the government thinks this needs a bigger investment and a longer investment of time to really properly investigate this. There is a Senate inquiry that's been set up for missing and murdered First Nations women and children. 
and it's being headed up by Aboriginal women in the parliament with very deep experience and knowledge of this. It has the support um, across the parliament. So it's going to be a really good place to start. And I think we will hear from families all around the country whose stories have never been told before. Mm, And Roberta's family, how are they? Look, they are grieving every day. They think Mm. of her every day. Her sister says, I wake up and then I realise I'm missing a sister. She should be here with us today, but no, she's not here with us. She's born. I think they feel good that they've told their story and they've shared it with the nation, but that won't bring her back. Bridget Brennan is the ABC's Indigenous Affairs Editor. You can see her Four Corners investigation on iView. First Nations women are being murdered at up to 12 times the national average in Australia. The Senate inquiry is due to deliver its report in July next year. If this episode has raised any concerns for you, there is help out there. You can call 1800 RESPECT. This episode was produced by Flint Duxfield, Sydney Peed and Christine Gate, who also did the mix. Our supervising producer is Stephen Smiley. I'm Sam Hawley. ABC News Daily will be back again tomorrow. Thanks for listening. You've been listening to an ABC podcast. Discover more great ABC podcasts, live radio and exclusives on the ABC Listen app.